0: So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead in for So There.
1: So there. Welcome to the 21st episode of So So There. There. I'm Tom Karamaitis. I'm Gary Doyle. I said it. I said in the introduction. Tom Karamidus has always done it, but it occurred to me, why should he get to do it all the time? He did it for the first 20 episodes, and now, perhaps for the next 20, Gary Doyle will say it.
0: If that gives you joy, then that is how it shall be. It's part
1: of your just ever creeping attempt to take over the podcast. You're just sort of, every you know, you invent bits. You say the first thing, you, yeah, you know, yeah. Really, We all know what's right. happening here.
0: If, if you want to do word count, I think you probably outnumber me two to one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's been a while. Since it has. Month. It's been two months. Two months? Two months. Uh, back in March, we did one, I think. And a lot of, I had a lot of people commenting to me about your Oscar Uh, your Oscar uh, uh, observations. Is that the viewer mail you couldn't print out? No, it wasn't viewer mail. It was actual people talking to me and saying they disagreed with a lot of Gary Doyle's views on the movies. Huh, interesting. I don't remember anything I said, so... (laughs) And at least you had views on the movies. I didn't see any of them, so... (laughs) Good point.
1: (laughs) Tom Karamidas and I used to karaoke... Have we talked about this? We'd karaoke at a place in a Japanese neighborhood of Los Angeles called Karaoke Bleu, B-L-E-U. And it would have uh, it would have some very uh, hardcore karaoke enthusiasts. And before Tom Midas decided that he'd rather stay in his hotel room on productions, we used to go out and karaoke together. And so I still think of songs when I hear them that I think would be good karaoke songs. And I heard one that I think Tom Midas and I would be good to duet on. And that is, Sometimes When We Touch. And the lyrics go like this.
0: sometimes when we touch The honesty is too much
1: And I have
0: to close my eyes and hide I want to hold you till I die Till we both break down and cry I want to hold you till the fear in me subsides.
1: Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because it would be a good karaoke song for us to sing. And also because a lyric in it caught my ear. One of the lyrics in the middle says, At times
0: I'd like to break you and drive you to your knees.
1: I thought, what kind of lyric is that? Sometimes I feel like breaking you. That would not work
0: in the current Me Too environment. You know, speaking of, we could do a whole episode on taking songs that were hits in the 60s. <laughs> I mean, if you, I, I listen sometimes uh, on, on my, my serious XM radio, I listen to 60s on Six. And um, 60s was just a fascinating decade for music, but, but there was this overwhelming tendency to infantilize women. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's not really a 60s song, but maybe we've talked about this in the pod, but Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. Mac Davis. I'll just use you, and I'll
0: set you free. Not, not, you know,
1: not appealing.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of cringeworthy lyrics in that song, if I remember. Maybe we'll print them out for next time.
1: Are you thinking of, it's warm where you're touching yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You weren't going to go there, were you? Thank you for doing that for me. Yeah. So I just thought that was a good uh, karaoke song. That's that's all I got on that.
0: Yeah. I would like to uh, talk about a pet peeve I've had for a long time. Came to a head recently. Um, I've always had a bit of an odd relationship with wine. Um, I've always been very ambivalent about the actual beverage itself. I can kind of take it or leave it. Um, But I've always been offended by kind of wine snobbery, wine culture. When I was a a young ad guy out on one of my very first shoots, we were shooting in New York, and we were at an Italian restaurant with our director, a guy named Dominic Rossetti. And there was 12 of us at the table, and there were bottles of wine in the middle. And somebody asked me if I would uh, refill their glass. And I picked up the bottle, and I guess I poured it too fast. And Dominic Rossetti, the director, said, no, 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 no. He kind of, um, you know, he kind of ridiculed me. Kind of, You're going to bruise the wine? It was something. It was introducing too much oxygen by pouring it too quickly. That was a moment. And, you know, anytime you're publicly humiliated, that sticks with you. And I've always had kind of a chip on my shoulder about wine. Perhaps if I liked it a lot, I wouldn't have such an issue with it. But then very recently, um, I was gently scolded for picking up my wine glass by the goblet part instead of by the stem. Because apparently you introduce body heat from your fingers, which can interfere with the delicate flavor of the $4 bottle of wine you're drinking. That that to me just kind of pushed it over the edge. And frankly, if I never have a glass of wine again, it'll be just fine with me. <laughs> so there.
1: I like wine. I, ch- I challenge you though, if we were to bring five wine stewards to the So There cabin and serve them two glasses of wine, one would be two buck chuck, Cabernet Sauvignon, and the other would be a $50 bottle of wine, I'll bet three of them would get it wrong. Three out of the five would get it wrong. And a blind taste
0: test. You remember the times in your life when you were publicly humiliated. You right? do. I oh, don't you? Yeah. Well. You. Know, yes, embarrassed in I a group of in a big group or ridiculed by a boss or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I get ridiculed by my boss every day, but um. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, of course. Yeah. Anyway, it's a I little... I think Tom Kiermises is, is somebody who's particularly sensitive to ridicule.
0: You and, and Gary not, not is not
1: not in a bad way.
0: How, what do you mean not in a bad way in a good way i'm just saying i'm not i'm not being critical <laughs> i think if you were publicly humiliated you would brood it would, it would it would be as a brooder film there'd be so much brooding yeah probably true so there
1: <laughs> I would like to talk about about, uh, you know, while we're on wine snobbery or coming off of wine snobbery, I would like to talk about accent snobbery as it pertains to cities. Accent snobbery? Yeah. So uh, I noticed the other day, somebody said in passing, they said that, that they were, oh, I know, one of my clients is in Louisville, Kentucky. And, 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 and I said, and they said, where are you going Friday? They said, well, I'm going to Louisville to see a client. And they said, oh, I love Louisville. And I thought, that's not how it's pronounced. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. But you hear people all the time when they don't have a southern accent and they'll speak in a regular Midwestern accent, but then they hit the word Louisville and it becomes Louisville. And I'm like, "No, I don't I don't think you're allowed to do that." I think you are if you if you live there, you know? It's a little bit like if I if I were to say, you know, that I'm going to New Orleans and all of a sudden I say Nawlins in the middle of that, you know, it'd be a little bit like that. I'm like, "No, if you're from New Orleans, you're allowed to say Nawlins, if you're a native, but you can't just lapse into that for one word." So I just want to call out people that just
0: lapse into Louisville. <laughs> I think the accent snobbery you're talking about can extend into people uh, extend to people who have who've taken, say, Spanish. Maybe they took a lot of Spanish and they're in the Spanish National Honor Society in high school. Maybe maybe they're of Hispanic descent. But they do then, that little tongue thing? Well, they, they just do that, that they show the room their ultra-precise pronunciation whenever they come to a word uh, a Spanish word, you know. I, there's a guy who's the anchor of uh, I, the NBC Sunday Evening News. I don't remember his name, but he does this all the time. He'll be talking normally, then all of a sudden, it's like English is his second language when he gets to a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a San Francisco, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I put that also in the accent snobber. I think it could apply, obviously. Look, I am of Greek descent, and I will give you one mm. of my pet peeves. There is a popular Greek cheese. It's called feta, F E T A. Wait, how would you ask pronounce it? Feta, but <laughs> Americans call it feta. Feta, like as if it's like I do. F- r- rhymes, it rhymes with fettuccine, and I cringe, but I would never, I would never go overboard and do the the kind of ultra Greek thing, but I that's that's the accent snobbery thing. I don't like feta cheese.
1: Why not? It's too strong. It's like blue cheese. It's very uh, strong. Very feta.
0: Feta is your favorite cheese? American cheese. <laughs> I see more. Of that. I like
1: the I like the pepper jack you get at the Jewel that has the spicy little pieces of pepper in it.
0: Because Dar- does Gary Doyle fear strong flavors?
1: I fear strong cheeses. I like I like brie and pepper jack. Yeah, you're more of a mild cheese guy. Yes. Yes. Is that is that wrong? No,
0: it's just different. Feta. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> are you guys still with us? <laughs> Rob, obviously a little rusty. Maybe you are. I definitely, I definitely my... am. I um, think maybe
0: me, maybe me introducing the episode threw us off. Well, I was going to say that. I, I thought you were going down an yeah. ill-advised path, but yeah. As usual, you're kind of strong-headed about that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about a uh, um, uh, marketing thing that's been bugging me lately. I want to talk about Matthew McConaughey and his Lincoln commercials and this kind of persona that they've created with this guy. I mean, he's uh, think about it. He's always alone. <laughs> he never really relates to people. There's one bizarre commercial where you see him in a room at a very expensive home, in a room all by himself, shooting pool, doing trick shots, then he just leaves, and it's interesting because when that commercial first ran, I remember being struck by that, then an alternate edit came out where they had a brief scene of him kind of laughing it up with other with other guests you know, at the dinner table. But then it's, he always finishes off by himself. He's shooting pool by himself, trick shot, and then with a self-satisfied grin, he drives off in, in his Lincoln. But there's also the one where he gets off the barge in his Lincoln. There's one running now a lot where he just finished a run and he gets into the Lincoln and kind of smiles to himself, and then drives away. It's a strange, strange campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but I find it would be great. I think it'd be great to work on as a creative because because it's so inane and makes no sense. You can do anything. You know, we're going to have Matthew McConaughey getting on a barge and piloting the barge, you know, across a harbor. Great. We're gonna have Matthew McConaughey driving down a highway and encountering a bull in the middle of the road. great great We're gonna have Matthew McConaughey kind of sitting and with the rain falling in the car great and then just have some script about what he's thinking at that time you know it's 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 so uh it's so meaningless that you can create anything you want. I think it'd be very easy to create it for that uh for that campaign. I and mean, we're gonna we're gonna wa- we're gonna have Matthew McConaughey on the streets of New York watching a guy do a three card Monty trick. Great. And he's gonna be talking his thumbs gonna be going through his head.
0: Great. I may not be remembering this properly but wasn't, um, doesn't he have a role in the creative development of that campaign? Wasn't that part of the deal when they signed him that he was kind of a creative director, too? No, well, maybe. Or am I thinking somebody else? You're
1: thinking of he was um, he was named the creative director of Wild Turkey. Ah, so crea- that's what I'm thinking. Wild Turkey paid him, I think, 4 or $5 million dollars to be the creative director, which is interesting because the commercials for Wild Turkey are very... Um, ham-fisted and flat-footed and on the nose as they say your strategy is showing. it's all very where I was I would think if Matthew McConaughey was your credit director they might be a little bit more like Lincoln which are just sort of you know goofy nonsensical you know like he's high when he does you would think he'd be the creative director yeah. on those but he, uh, he's the credit on old, on Wild Turkey which feels like the client wrote them so uh, it's weird you know
0: I haven't seen them yeah they're yeah. on a TV yeah. Yeah, they're not very
1: good. He's sitting around a fire and with some buddies. They're very much typical liquor ads. He's sitting around a fire with buddies and they're talking about authenticity and
0: yeah. Oh. Yeah, strange guy.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of sad that his career has devolved from, you know, academy award-winning actor, which he used to be. He won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, I believe. It his career has cratered to where he's now become a pitch man. And that's pretty much all he does. He's a pitch man. You know who else is a pitch man of notice? noticed? Is Jeff Bridges. Have you noticed this? Mm-mm. Yeah, same thing. He's kind of become a pitch man. Which is sad. I think any, anytime somebody kind of resorts to our business, <laughs> it's
0: sad. Or does a sad little podcast.
1: Yes. I mean, if you have no other talents like Tom and I, then it's okay that you're in advertising. But if you have other talents,
0: why would you? Why waste?
1: (laughs) I want to talk about um, uh, something we've talked about before, but sidewalk people. I think in a previous episode we talked about sidewalk weavers. People who kind of Weave to one direction or another of a sidewalk when you're walking behind them for no reason at all They just kind of weave so they block you and I think we have we played sidewalk weavers, right? We played dream weavers Sidewalk weaver. So I had another sidewalk Person that I want to talk about and that is the person on the sidewalk who takes up a lot of space so it's not necessarily a big person but it's somebody that takes up a lot of space. Maybe their arms flail, both of them, when they walk. They both flail widely. Perhaps one of them is is, is 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 on their phone, so their elbow is sticking out on the side because they're on their phone. Or maybe their elbow is sticking out on the side, but then their other arm is flailing wildly. And so it has this tableau, if you're behind them, of, of, even though they may not be a large person, of taking up like
0: enough sidewalk for three people. Well, that's your bigger issue is that you're unable to pass them, whether it's three people abreast or the wide arm swing or people who walk diagonally. I would like to pass them, yeah. I'm I'm kind of a a fast walker. I I walk faster than most. Do do a little bit of a Jack Nicholson thing there (sighs) for a second.
1: I walk faster than most. Or was that more uh, Christian Slater? Always oh, the poor man's Jack Nicholson, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's a you know, flailing arms and you know just a lot of real estate.
0: I totally understand that. I I I find that is is almost as irritating to me as the guy who the person who would be the self pointed traffic cop. And you've probably seen this. You're walking down the sidewalk, and maybe there are cars waiting to pull in across the sidewalk into a garage one person will stop their walking and wave them through right oh, yeah, even nice. though the pedestrians are starting to stack up i never uh i never acknowledge that perceived authority and i always continue walking yeah because i want to break down their little gambit as gary Doyle would say of being the you know i'm i'm controlling i'm doing crowd control here folks for a second i do not recognize their authority yeah, I wouldn't either. You know what I like to do? If you, if,
1: are you ever in a, a, a lane where you're merging into the other lane on the highway, like from the left, you're merging to the right? You know, like an inner. And you know how people try and go around you yeah. and get? I now block the path, so they can't do that. Well, I block it, and then the person behind me knows what I'm doing because he leaves an open space for me, and I just kind of cruise along, and they can't get past me.
0: Well. Even though I'm far from the merge point. That's excellent. I have to remember, that's a good move. Let me ask you a question, though, which will really give me a glimpse into your soul. What do you do when somebody's tailgating you? What I do is I slow down to exactly the speed limit, and there I shall remain. And it's best, obviously, if you're on a one-lane road. Just drive them crazy. I don't get tailgated much because I'm usually the
1: tailgate-y. Nah. So, nah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I would like to resurrect a new feature that I think I started last time.
1: Another creeping attempt to take over the pod.
0: Don't fear me. Desperate, grasping, creeping attempt. Do, do not fear the greatness. Uh, another installment of what I like to call, obviously, I'm not the target. And I think of this often when I watch the Carvana ads. The Carvana ads where we're obviously targeted specific my guess is and and i'll take heat for this i know this but i think they're all targeted to millennial females because several things it is a service that is based on you never walking into a car dealership all right it is a service where there is a bright shiny object which is apparently this car vending machine which i don't know actually if it exists or not but it looks like the leaning tower of pisa and a lot of
1: people who aren't millennial
0: females don't want to walk into a car dealership. Uh, uh, granted, I'm giving you, though, the point-by-point. The, the, point. the bright, shiny object where you get your car from, the car vending machine, and the inclusion of the following line of copy in the commercial, where you can sit back in your favorite comfy pants. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking, if I was going to go car shopping, if sitting back in my favorite comfy pants would be one of the things that would push me towards Carvana. And I came away saying, no, because... Obviously, I'm not the target.
1: (laughs) I think what happened with that line of copy was the the real line of copy, the truth, that what you, you know what they call comfy pants? Fat pants. I mean,
0: fat pants are stretchy pants.
1: I call them fat pants. When I come home, let's say I've gone out to a nice dinner with, you know, another couple with my wife and we'll come home and we just want to relax. I'm going to get in my fat pants, which is like my sweats or something. You know what I mean?
0: yeah with the elastic waist
1: right or pajamas mm-hmm. so my point is is I think that they probably might have wanted to use the word fat pants but they shied away from that because it said fat and so they said comfy pants I don't think millennial, and we can have millennial women write in to so there at
0: yahoo.com and let us know but I don't think they call them comfy pants I think they call them fat pants I, they, I've heard stretchy pants I've heard comfy pants I, I don't think anyone says fat pants outside the Gary Doyle home I think I've never heard that. So there.
1: Well, since I opened this episode, I will close it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient. Um, next episode is a little teaser. We're going to read some viewer mail. Which
0: we haven't done in a while.
1: Yes, Tom Karamitis had trouble printing it; had some printer issues. We've all been there. So next episode, we will read some. And in the meantime, perhaps you'd like to write us, and the whole episode can become mail. It's if you choose to do that. Write us at so there at yahoo.com. Hurry before the yahoo.com hosting service goes out of business for good. So there at yahoo.com.
0: And until next time. This is Tom and Gary reminding you to always listen to So So there. There!